Chapters twenty seven and twenty eight of One Life, One Love by Mary Elizabeth Braddon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty seven. The Amiable Magician. Elderly men, when they are in love, are the weakest of mortals, and weakness is prone to compromises. In his conduct towards his beautiful young wife, Pedro Perez showed all the weakness of an elderly lover. He halted between two opinions he wanted to keep his treasure secluded from the world secure from the pursuit of parisian treasure-seekers and yet he wanted to flaunt his happiness before the eyes of those half-dozen or so of competitors and rivals with whom he had ridden neck and neck in the chasse aux millions the great race for wealth which is the favourite sport of this nineteenth century whether the course over which it is run be the stock exchange or the gaming saloon the silver mine or the manure heap for pedro perez the world meant one particular group of men at his club one particular corner at his restaurant and all his ideas of society were limited to that narrow circle of men who had begun life with a five-franc piece and were ending it with four or five millions sterling to these few intimates perez had boasted of his wife's beauty and of the villa in which he had enshrined his idol as it were in a temple of silver and gold and these on more than one occasion had expressed their desire to be admitted within the veil of the temple and to behold the goddess perez coquetted with the situation he declared that his young wife was of too retiring and modest a nature to endure the gaze of strangers he compared her to the violet shrinking within the shelter of its leaves but his friends were not to be put off so easily there never was a woman who did not like to be admired said geoffroy the famous contractor who like perez had made his fortune in spanish america but in another line of business and if your wife is a clever woman she would like to make the acquaintance of the men of the world like hosroth yonder and myself i have heard of your wife when she was only mademoiselle quijada living in retirement with her mother a starveling pianoforte player who teaches my daughters was loud in his praises of the young lady i can understand your not caring to introduce your friends to her while she was mademoiselle quijada when you might have run the risk of losing her but now that she is your wife it is a miserly thing to keep your friends on the outside of your door and i'll be bound the lady resents her seclusion perez could not bring himself to deny the charge he argued with himself that there could be no danger in allowing dolores to receive old fogies like geoffroy and hosroth than whom paris could hardly furnish two less attractive men the former oily of complexion and obese of figure with greasy iron-gray hair and a bottle nose the latter lean and lantern-jawed with foxy hair and beard and the features of a modern shylock the men who begin life with five francs and die worth five millions sterling have very little leisure to sacrifice to the graces life with them means to eat and drink and calculate to invest and reinvest to watch the money-market with an unwavering vigilance and to concentrate all the forces of mind and body upon one great aim no there would be no risk in tantalizing these old comrades of the bourse with a glimpse of his elegant domicile and his lovely and amiable wife and in conceding thus much he would conciliate dolores and her mother he had refused to give a ball he might compromise the matter by an occasional dinner-party a small snug dinner at which only wealth and mature years should be represented i have not many friends dolores he said to his wife that evening as she sat yawning on a low ottoman in front of the wood-fire while he smoked his after-dinner cigarette but the few i have are devoted to me and they are dying to know you i don't care about giving a dance as i told you the other day 
i don't want to see my house turned out of windows to please a crowd of young fools whose only claim to notice is that they can imitate a teetotum but i've no objection to giving a dinner now and then if you like dolores stifled a yawn before she answered she had been looking at the burning logs in a waking dream and this suggestion of a dinner-party did not arouse any enthusiasm in her the people you know are so dreadful she said you have pointed out men in the bois as your dearest friends whose appearance positively made me shudder a long lantern-jawed man with red hair and a threadbare overcoat for instance houseroth murmured perez recognizing the picture a man only second in importance to the rothschilds and the mires and a bloated creature with a complexion that suggests nothing but the refuse of the oil-mills and a little wizened wretch with one shoulder higher than the other and long greasy hair of a greenish grey struoski said perez a pole by birth and the keenest financier in paris do you know dolores the amount of solid capital which these three men represent i neither know nor care all i hope is that they will never cross my threshold unless indeed you allow me to get together so many artistic and agreeable people that i shall hardly be conscious of your capitalists where are you to get your agreeable people asked perez after a pause of discomfiture vexed that his compromise found so little favour with his idol oh i will find them easily enough if you only give me leave to send out a few invitations du turc knows lots of clever people and he can send out my cards monsieur and madame perez invite monsieur or madame chose to spend the evening with them with monsieur du turc's compliments at the corner of the card but have you ever met these people in madame du turc's salon a third floor in the rue de saint pere inquired perez incredulously certainly not they would not go to a floor in the rue de saint pere they would not go anywhere to be entertained with du turc's music and madame du turc's weak tea but they will come to my villa they will come to the wife of perez peru voyons mon ami let us make a compromise perez sighed it was his own word you shall invite those dreadful-looking human ingots of yours to dinner a dinner of all that is most precious in the way of gourmandise and after dinner i madame perez will be at home to all that is most distinguished in the art world the painters and sculptors the actors and actresses the journalists who will write about your party in their accursed papers and who will ridicule your husband why should they ridicule you is it ridiculous to have married youth and good looks instead of age and ugliness i can't understand pedro why you are so ashamed of your wife she lighted a cigarette for him as she talked seating herself caressingly upon the arm of his chair and transferring the cigarette delicately from her lips to his she knew that he was yielding and that a caress and a few sweet words would clench the bargain ashamed of my wife no it is of the contrast between wife and husband i am ashamed it is that which the newspaper men will ridicule they will be too wise to offend so powerful a man as perez peru ah but they have lampooned me they have seized every occasion to hold me up to ridicule simply because you live in your shell like a snail you are of no use to the clever people of paris you fulfil none of the duties of a millionaire 
you will be a few thousands richer when you die but you will have offended everybody while you live give me carte blanche pedro and you shall have all the comic journalists and caricaturists at your feet there shall be no dancing there shall be no foolish young men but i will give a party that will dazzle paris he did not yield without a struggle he smoked a third and a fourth cigarette of his wife's lighting her gentleness her graceful coquetries made him forget every resolution he had ever made to live his own life and to keep the tinsel and folly of the pleasure-loving world outside his gate he yielded after the fourth cigarette as ahasuerus might have yielded to esther when esther was still the latest novelty in the royal harem do what you like ma chérie invite whom you please he murmured at last the cards of invitation went out two days after that discussion the list of names was written with the aid of the good du turc whose professional career had brought him into communication with the art world of paris though it had not elevated him to intimacy with celebrities dolores trusted much to her own reputation as a beauty whose charms had been hidden from the outer world the cards dispatched she went to the chief confectioners electricians florists and wine merchants of paris she called in upholsterers and tent-makers she arranged for a series of three large marquees which were to cover the lawn behind her villa the house in all its beauty and splendour was to be only a vestibule to these tented halls the first marquee was to be decorated with palms and tropical plants and was to serve as a promenade pure and simple her drawing-room was to be the entrance to this outer tent and here she was to receive her guests the second marquee was to be decorated contrastively with tapestries and oriental brocades and here there was to be a concert by some of the finest artistes in paris and in the world the third and largest tent was the supper-room a supper served upon small round tables and which was to last from midnight till two o'clock for this tent dolores had imagined and the electricians had carried out the most distinguished feature of the entertainment from the silken dome in the centre of the immense circular marquee hung a monster egg-shaped lamp a lamp of opaline hue shedding the mildest milkiest moonlight radiance upon the supper-tables and the supper-eaters this was the rock's egg and dolores and her dressmaker had arranged a costume which without being absolutely a fancy dress should be so far oriental in character as to suggest the princess Badoul it was very long since madame quijada's daughter had seemed so gay and girlish as in the fortnight during which the upholsterers and electricians and tent-makers were preparing for this eccentric entertainment her delight had something of childishness in it no doubt but that very childishness fascinated pedro perez and he soon found himself taking as keen an interest in the approaching entertainment as his young wife she had kept her promise there was to be no dancing and none of the gilded youth of paris had been invited though du turc had been besieged by requests for invitations from even the highest quarters it was to be a fete given to intellect and talent beautiful women had been invited but they were actresses celebrated for genius as well as beauty the men belonged for the most part to the world of art and letters but from a list furnished by perez the world of finance had also been bidden to the fete and the bourse would be represented by its most powerful members madame quijada had been allowed no active part in the preparation of her daughter's first party but she expressed herself gratified that the gloomy spell was about to be lifted from the house louise marsay assisted in all the floral decorations for in the arrangement of flowers her taste was unerring 
but she told her cousin that she should not appear at the party i should be like the skeleton at an egyptian banquet she said when dolores pressed her to share in the amusement of the evening it would make people melancholy to see so gloomy a figure poor old louise murmured dolores moved to pity by the thought of this blighted life for which even pleasure had no charm novelty no fascination your misfortunes must have been very terrible to deaden all your delight in life to make you so different from other women my misfortunes were not of a common kind dolores if you knew all you would hardly wonder that i stand alone with the memory of my grief but you have never trusted me with the secrets of your girlhood you have never confided in me said dolores reproachfully though we are cousins i know no more about the cause of the illness that changed you than if we were strangers there are some secrets that must be kept secrets that involve the fate of other people well i have never tormented you with questions i am only sorry to see you unhappy i am used to bearing my own burden dolores and i am very glad to see you so much happier than you used to be oh i have made up my mind to make the best of my life if perez will only be reasonable and allow me my own way i was simply breaking my heart in the rue st guillaume for want of something to do and to think about i used to read of balls and parties of all the grand entertainments of paris and the gowns and the jewels while i was sitting solitary with my diamonds locked up in their cases and then as for the rest with a sigh there's no use in crying over the moon is there louise when one has not what one loves one must love what one has if you are thinking of leon du verdier i can tell you that he is not worth one regret said louise earnestly try to forget that you ever saw his face i have been trying ever since i married my good old perez yes you are right louise he is not worth one regretful thought he never cared for me and i was a fool ever to care for him he never cared for any living creature except himself dolores his heart is harder than the nethermost millstone twenty eight the rock's egg it was within an hour of the dinner-party which was to precede madame perez's reception and dolores was sitting before her dressing-table while the most fashionable hairdresser in paris brushed and divided the long tresses of raven hair before building them up after the latest invention of his genius remember monsieur jacques my coiffure is to be oriental all that there is of the most oriental said dolores decisively monsieur jacques shrugged his shoulders despondently all his inventive and imitative powers had of late been concentrated upon the school of pompadour and du barry his delight had been to pile a coiffure as high as art horsehair and hairpins could raise the human hair if he had taken any step in another direction it would have been a retrograde step he would have gone back to the montespan and the fontange period which was also an elevated school but the oriental the school of drooping tresses and long plaits the school which must needs restrict its operations to the hair that grew on the head of the subject and could borrow nothing from art true that in the subject now under his hands there was abundant material for artistic treatment but the oriental style offered no scope for the caprices of genius has madame made up her mind irrevocably asked the hairdresser yes yes i tell you my costume is oriental then i have only to submit but i must warn madame that the eastern style 
the style of rebecca of york is not that which will most set off madame's beauty i detest rebecca of york make me a coiffure a la roxelane something light and gay i don't want to look a tragedy queen has madame any diamond crescents among her jewels as many as you like rosalie bring me the case of crescents the lady's maid brought a large purple velvet jewel case which she placed open on the marble dressing-table there were crescents of diamonds and rubies diamonds and sapphires diamonds and emeralds diamonds pure and simple ciel said the coiffeur i see my way to a startling success he wove the soft black hair into three long plaits and bound them round the small head in a triple coronet and into this crown of plaited hair he stuck the jewelled crescents with an inimitable taste and lightness until the dark hair served only as the background to a blaze of jewels yes that will do said dolores surveying herself in her hand-glass that will do very well for the princess Badrulbadour i could have pleased myself better had madame given me greater liberty said m jacques sighing as he folded his apron you have pleased me and that is more to the point replied dolores with the air of a duchess scarcely deigning to acknowledge the hairdresser's departing salutation half an hour later her toilette was complete and she went down to the morning-room where she was to receive her husband's guests the drawing-room being transformed for the evening reception her badroulbadour gown was of the palest rose brocade falling in long straight folds from the shoulders clasped across the bust with a splendid heart-shaped emerald and opening over a white satin petticoat embroidered with an artful and artistic admixture of beetles wings and emeralds to the superficial observer that glittering green embroidery looked one mass of emeralds and seemed to represent wealth even greater than perez peru could command the millionaire gazed at his wife in a stupor of admiration dolores why on earth have you put on all that splendour he exclaimed i have always understood that it is bad taste for a hostess to be finer than her guests nobody cares for good or bad taste under the republic answered dolores i want people to talk about my dress and for that one must be splendid and original my fete to-night is to be a scene out of the arabian nights do you think i look like the princess badroulbadour you look very lovely said perez who had never heard of aladdin's wife and you are proud of me and that is all i want answered dolores caressingly your human ingots can appear as soon as they please ah here comes mother madame quijada had shown no aspiring after originality in her toilette but she was richly dressed in black brocade and diamonds with a spanish mantilla of valuable old lace a costume which became her severe style of countenance better than any more brilliant toilette would have done she was looking ill and that calm dignity which had distinguished her appearance in the seclusion of the rue st guillaume had given place to a nervous and sometimes restless manner which a medical man would at once have recognized as the manner of a sufferer from alcoholic poisoning in some form or other i hope you are satisfied at last madame said her son-in-law all paris is coming to see what a fool an old man can make of himself for the sake of a pretty woman if the woman is only pretty enough all paris will go away convinced of your good sense retorted dolores gaily monsieur and madame geoffroy were announced in the next minute 
and Dolores showed the most amiable empressement in receiving a tall, gaunt personage in sapphire velvet and rubies, who twenty years earlier had been the cynosure of a drinking cellar in the vicinity of the Boulevard Saint-Michel, and who was now the discontented wife of one of the richest men in Paris. More guests arrived. Herr Hosroth and his daughters, young ladies who gave themselves tremendous airs on the strength of their father's wealth, and who were rendered miserable by their father's shabby coats, and by certain little miserly eccentricities of which he could not divest himself, although living in princely style and allowing his girls to get their gowns from the most expensive faiseur in Paris, which meant a corresponding expensiveness in all the minor details of their toilette the great faiseur taking the word thorough for his motto and insisting upon his clients striving after ideal perfection in the art of dress a badly cut corset or a hair's breadth too much thickness in a petticoat will spoil my finest conception said the great faiseur two more financiers appeared these without womankind and in the little bustle and talk which followed upon their entrance madame quijada drew her daughter aside he is in paris she whispered not leon questioned dolores nervously yes leon i received a letter from him just now while i was dressing i wish never to see him again but he is coming to your party to-night you must receive him civilly he has no business to invite himself to my party after leaving paris without a word of adieu and never writing to us in all these months he is your cousin he heard of your party from strangers and it was scarcely strange he should invite himself you must be civil to him dolores you were only too fond of him once you can at least afford to be polite and friendly to him to-night i won't be uncivil answered dolores moodily but i wish he were not coming i don't want him to cross my threshold her face had clouded over all the girlish gaiety had gone from her manner as she took m geoffroy's arm and led the way into the dining-room where the arrangement of table flowers and lighting was exquisite all her pleasure in the prospect of the evening's triumph was damped by the return of this man whose coming had once been looked forward to with feverish impatience whose absence had made the world seem a blank she had had much time for quiet thought since her marriage with pedro perez and her whole nature had changed for the better since her position had been legitimated and she was able to look society straight in the face her heart was young enough and warm enough to be touched by an old man's affection and now that she no longer considered herself a prisoner and a slave she felt sincerely grateful to her millionaire husband disenchantment had slowly followed upon leon's prolonged absence she had begun to question the merits of the man she had admired and whose misfortunes had appealed to her pity little by little she began to see the charlatan where she had seen the genius and the cold-hearted adventurer where she had imagined the careless happy-go-lucky student whose difficulties were a natural result of the artistic temperament she had looked back on her intercourse with her cousin looked back with unprejudiced eyes and she had seen that his conduct had been mercenary from first to last that he had taken every advantage of her regard for him and had given her not one token of affection in return he had extorted money from her upon every possible pretence and he had looked with a greedy eye upon her jewels and would gladly have appropriated them to his own use she did not wish ever to see him again and she dreaded any encounter between him and pedro perez his presence at her reception to-night would be the snake among the flowers as the evening went on however she tried to banish all thought about this unbidden guest he would only be one among many she told herself 
she could dismiss him with a word the dinner seemed a slow business to the women of the party but the financiers enjoyed themselves and were unanimous in their approval of the menu geoffroy told his old friend perez that he had the prettiest wife and the best cook in paris Housewroth was green with envy and the daughters Housewroth sniggered together at madame perez peru's oriental costume although their own famous faiseur had so cleverly planned the gown that it offered no marked eccentricity of character and might have been worn at a ball at the elysee at ten o'clock madame perez was stationed in the drawing-room at the entrance of the marquis where the electric lamps were artfully dotted about amidst the tropical foliage the light here and in the adjoining tent was subdued in tone so that when at the stroke of midnight the velvet curtains of the supper tent were drawn back the rock's egg-lamp might burst upon the spectators with overpowering brilliance the rock's egg was the one feature of the party with which dolores hoped to startle the spoiled children of paris the two tents for conversation and music filled quickly everybody had flocked eagerly to see the beautiful madame perez a curious mingling of the grand monde and the demi-monde was to be noted among the guests a new feature in the life of great cities and an evidence of the march of progress great ladies had begged for invitations which had been intended only for actresses and for the wives and daughters of artists with pen or pencil ducal coronets were on some of the carriages which were waiting yonder in the wintry darkness of the wood dukes and duchesses had declared that they only wanted to look in at the millionaire's party only to get a glimpse of the millionaire's wife but finding the palm-shadowed tent a very agreeable lounge and that faure and capoul and albany and marie rose were among the singers great ladies and their cavaliers lingered and began even to express a mild curiosity about supper which some one had said was to be served punctually at midnight leon du verdier approached his cousin immediately after she had exchanged courtesies with the ancient but beautiful marquise talon rouge and the lovely comedienne clara beauville he bore himself with his usual assured and supercilious air but dolores noted that he looked pale and ill and he was thinner than when she saw him last i congratulate you upon the success of your fete he said holding his cousin's hand with a lingering pressure all the nobilities of paris are pouring in at your door i am glad i returned in the nick of time to assist at your triumph was it worth while to return at all after you had stayed away so long asked dolores looking at him with a deliberate disdain which had as chilling an effect as a cold douche after the hot room in a turkish bath my dear dolores matrimony seems to have made a remarkable change in your manner to your own kith and kin he said smiling at her i hope your head is not going to be turned by social success no my head will not be turned but my eyes have been opened you left paris without a word to the people who who cared for you can you wonder if they were enlightened by your conduct and left off caring for one who set so small a value upon the ties of kindred i think i have learnt to understand your character during your long absence and that i know you now almost as well as louise knows you his face darkened at the name and he looked round the room and beyond into the crowded tent as if he were searching out an enemy i see he said louise has been slandering me to you i will not detain you from your guests but later you must give me a few minutes quiet conversation i have something important to say to you it is a matter of life and death i recognize the old prelude said dolores question d'argent 
Léon Duverdier moved onward into the tent where people were promenading amidst a babble of talk, and to the tent beyond where Capoul was singing the Alleluia d'Amour. Yes, the party was a success, and walking about quietly among people who were for the most part strangers to him, Pedro Perez was gratified by overhearing enthusiastic praises of his wife's grace and beauty, her jewels, her costume, and the originality of her reception true that he heard more than one witticism at his own expense and was reminded of a fact which he had never ignored the fact that he was old and plain and insignificant and that his only value in the eyes of the houri in blush-rose satin and many-coloured gems must needs lie in his millions he heard and he did not despair there was something an undefinable change in dolores which told him she was not altogether ungrateful and he thought that if he could pension off madame quijada and have his young wife all to himself free from the mother's sinister influence there would not be a happier husband in all paris than he perez peru as for those airy shafts of ridicule which he had so dreaded in the past he was resigned to endure them in the future so long as all went well in his domestic life the concert closed with eclat in a new part song composed by m du turc who had adroitly converted to his own use a certain almost forgotten march in an opera by lully a stirring melody which put the audience in good humour and with the last chord the velvet curtains which concealed the supper-tent were drawn suddenly apart and the rock's egg lamp bathed the scene in a soft yet dazzling light which set off the vivid colouring of fruit and flowers silver gilt and venetian glass saumon à la chambord and homard en aspic on the fifty supper-tables there was a lively chorus of approval from the guests who had been wondering where the supper was to come from and whether they were going to be put off with tea and coffee ices and iced drinks at the buffet in the dining-room the fifty tables were occupied as if by magic and two hundred and odd tongues were chattering about the rock's egg quelle belle idée mais c'est une ferie il n'y a que l'argent pour faire des merveilles c'est la baguette de la bourse and so on and so on with illimitable variations upon the same theme the supper-tables were occupied till nearly two o'clock and there was no failure in the supplies at two everybody had supped and almost everybody had departed save a few night-bird journalists who still sat drinking and talking at a couple of tables among these was leon duverdier as the clock struck two the rock's egg lamp was extinguished and the curtains fell leaving the lingering guests in total darkness i call that about the broadest hint our fair hostess could give us said the editor of a famous parisian paper and there was a good deal of talk and laughter from the bohemian band during some minutes of darkness at the end of which interval the curtains were drawn back again by invisible hands and the last guests strolled through the empty tents to the drawing-room where dolores was waiting to bid good-night with the faithful du turcs to keep her company madame quijada had retired within the last hour and pedro perez had sneaked off to his own apartment soon after the opening of the supper-room the editor of the guerre aux Sceaux was full of apologies that is the worst of the brotherhood of letters he said gaily we are so fond of one another's society that it is much easier to assemble than to disperse us besides who would be in a hurry to leave fairyland if it had not been for the sportiveness of the rock's egg we should have lingered till the sun put that emblem of magic power to shame i am sorry the lamp behaved so badly said dolores with an arch smile 
ah madame was there not a fairy in league with the lamp a benevolent fairy who knows that we are hard-working journalists who can but snatch a few hours rest between the tale of to-day's epigram and the head of to-morrow's and that we need the quiet of the night to elaborate the impromptus of the day i must apologize for my husband gentlemen said dolores he is not used to evening parties so he stole away soon after midnight leaving my mother and me to represent him jupiter need not apologize for retiring to his tent of clouds when he leaves juno and venus in his place said the youngest of the scribblers and then each made his farewell bow till all were gone except leon he lingered with a determined air even after the duturks had bade good-night the pianist rapturous at the success of our party End of chapters twenty seven and twenty eight